It's the doc and the deacon, stethoscope and hope, talking everything from poop to the pope. One believing in spiritual miracles, the other believes in movement bowels that are irritable. Two dads, more like two brothers, and they breaking bread like the Last Supper. This show won't get negative feedback, that be like the deacon prescribing a Z-Pack. So don't get it twisted like a Philly pretzel, Foles already told y'all that Philly special. Take notes from the knowledge they're teaching, pay attention, it's the doc and the deacon speaking. Welcome to Doc and the Deacon, a podcast about two dads, one of us believing in the power of science, one of us believing in the power of Jesus, and both of us believing in the power of an ice cold beer. Today, we're going to talk about the term, which is now in the Oxford Dictionary, hangry. I don't know anything about the Oxford Dictionary. You know, the dictionary I grew up on was the Merriam-Webster now, I'm not sure if that's two first names, two last names, a first and a last name, but Merriam-Webster rules my world, brother. Uh, that's a good, I bet there's a Bible story about, and Miriam approached the well. She was hangry. <laughs> well, I've noticed that today, when you got here, before we started, you had fasted all day. All day long. Were you feeling a little hangry? I I was hangry. I mean, and everything that happened leading up to tonight made me more, you know, I uh, I had to take the girls to cheerleading and then do this. And then I got home and then the, the window was down because the lady who cleaned the house left it open and it was broken. And uh, it's like those times when you're preparing for something and you don't want to be like, I'm not going to be that hangry guy. Dude, I was hangry. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, the term hangry is an amogram of two words, hungry and angry combined. And it's a thing, hangry. But is it a thing or is it, is it an excuse? Because I know part of me was, um, was like, I'm hungry. So if I'm also angry, I can use my hunger as an excuse. Wow. Like... Like, is there a medical explanation for hangry? Or is it just something people use as an excuse to be an a-hole? Well, (laughs) people most times in America don't need an excuse. But hangry does have some science thoughts behind it. So there's three main reasons why medically people think that people get hangry. So number one is your sugar goes low. Right, if you haven't eaten for a while or your sugar content can go low. The, the second is we have this glucose counter-regulatory response, right? So when our sugar goes low... Hold on, hold on, hold on. Glucose counter-regulatory counter response. So our GCRS. <laughs> You're spot on. I love it. Which, when that happens, it increases our uh, growth hormone. It increases our glucagon. And it all, which breaks down sugar so that we can increase our sugar. And it increases our adrenaline. So we get an adrenaline rush. What happens with our leptin? <laughs> I don't know, but leptin is associated with weight gain. It also affects our neuropeptide Y. And our neuropeptide Y controls hunger and aggression in the same spot. So neuropeptide, our NPY. <laughs> I, guess, I guess you could call it our NPY. But our neuropeptide Y... Our glucose counter-regulatory response and decreased sugar. GCRS. Can, you, can we please call it like, like you know how Jimmy Kimmel wants Donald J. Trump Jr. to be called DJ TJ? 
I want us to call the, the, the what is it called again? The glucose counter-regulatory response. response. GCRS. Okay, except for that it's GCRR. <laughs> Why did I want to say S? Oh, response, because there's an S in it. Yes, I think so. R2, GCR squared. Okay, I love it. But yes, and you know what? Now, hangry is viral. Hangry is viral. So I can catch hangry from you. <laughs> I'm so my, you know what? You know what? You what's know what? the difference between viral and bacteria? I can't catch a bacteria. So if, if hangry is bacterial, I could not catch it from you because it's viral. I can't. Oh, no, no. You can catch viruses. You can catch bacteria. You can catch uh, fungi. But I meant viral like it's on the internet. Oh. There was a lady who worked at Wendy's and a customer came in and she ordered like three double cheeseburgers. And when she found out she had to pay full price and they weren't on the dollar menu, she got very angry Yeah, because her food wasn't there yet. And she was hungry. She dove across the counter and bit the cashier on the leg. Oh, uh, you know, there's one time in the Bible when uh, there's this guy that they believe is, uh, uh, the Bible describes him as having these demons that go into him. And, and he says, just send the demons out of me. And all of a sudden, like a thousand pigs run into the river and drown. I don't know if they were hangry or not, but it was pretty interesting. Wow. Yeah. Somebody they should feed the pigs. Straight up into the river. Yeah. I mean, as a doctor, I will tell you what throws me off. And I'm all for religion. I don't want to be anti-religion. I do think it's funny. On this podcast, I plan on trying to make fun of it as you much as I can. You think religion is funny? Well, I think in this, uh, at times, yeah. But what throws me off is when people who are on medications, that people come in all the time, I'm hangry, my blood sugar's low. Most times, unless you have diabetes, you actually are not going to have hypoglycemia, right? If you have diabetes, people go, oh, my sugar's low. And I was like, well, actually, diabetes makes your sugars high. Medicines we can give you from the class of medicines called the sulfonylureas, or if you are on insulin or a combination of many medicines, can actually then push your sugars low because of the treatment. I don't think sulfonylurea was, uh, was one of the disciples. <laughs> it was not. It was not. You know what throws me off, though? Okay. Is people fasting and going from their normal schedule when I have them on medication they can go hypotensive they can go hypoglycemic what is the deal with you religious people and fasting what are you talking about it's not just as religious people if you got to go get blood work done they they always say oh you need to fast 10 to 12 hours and bar none never fails you'll walk in to like uh like one of those lab offices where they only accept, uh, where they only take like blood specimens and whatnot. I only go to Quest. I forget LabCorp. Oh, I, what a great idea. But, you know, you go in there at six o'clock in the morning because you've been fasting all night and there's some 90-year-old dude uh, who's in there to get his blood work done first thing in the morning. It's like, hello? Like, I'm waiting to go to work. You're waiting on the Grim Reaper. You couldn't come later in the day? Oh. Like, you couldn't start fasting at 4 a.m.? Oh. <laughs> the honest truth is, fasting, I think, will go away from blood work. Fasting currently is important for triglycerides that no one actually cares about when it comes to cardiovascular mortality at this point. Right. And for your fasting sugar, but everyone now gets a hemoglobin A1C, which is giving your average sugars, even though Medicare doesn't pay for it if I don't, diagnose, if I don't um, 
put the right diagnosis code. No, they'll so pay that's for it once well. in a certain amount of time. They won't pay for it if you get it more than once every 120 days. Okay, well, non-diabetics, I would never order more than once every 120 days. Yeah. Uh, but uh, thank you, uh, the Medicare religion police, for pointing that out. Yeah, so they just want people to participate in their own health care plans and make sure that they're so not you, getting these same tests done too often. Does your church make you want to fast? So we have done some, some what we call corporate fasts. The Bible talks about fasting. In many corporate fast sounds like corporate an oxymoron. Fast. Yeah, so there's like um, there's an individual fast. So individually, you would fast for different reasons, right? So... We believe in you. So specifically nowadays in, in, in the faith community, so rather than call it the church, I'll call it the faith community. We talk about fasting from anything uh, that you would replace with time with God, right? So you could fast from the internet. You could fast from the news. You could fast from Facebook. You could fast from work. You could fast from food, right? And so we say, Hey, whatever you're going to remove from your life that you're not going to experience for X amount of time, replace with time with God, and then try to see how that enhances your experience with Him. Many years ago, I mean, you have we've got a few instances of people fasting in the Bible, right? Those that, and it's, I believe that the amount of time you fast is in direct correlation with the level of experience, right? Now, so I don't know if that means you go crazy, but everybody that fasted for 40 days saw God. Hmm. Right? Like Moses, 40 days. Oh, hey God, Brennan Bush, what's up? Well, it is amazing to me that like- Elijah, 40 days, here comes God in the wind. He's right there. He's like, and not just the experience, saw God's face. Like God, hey, what up? Wow. Jesus, 40 days, hello. Daddy. Wow. I don't know. Four hours after I've eaten breakfast, even if I was full and like bloated, I'm starving again. Yeah, I don't even know if you fasted 40 minutes. Well, that tells you the impermanence of life. Right? We eat. A few minutes later, we're ready to eat again. It tells us, like, when do we ever have a meeting? Right? Like, you don't have a meeting right before lunchtime. People are hangry. You have a meeting right after lunch. People are like, uh... When they're ready for a nap? What ready is the, for a nap. What's the stuff called after you eat uh, Thanksgiving dinner and you've got the turkey and the mashed potatoes and the gravy? What's that stuff called? Tryptophan. Tryptophan! Mm. Yes. So I will tell you, in the world of hangry, yeah. I am married to the most amazing woman ever who definitely gets hangry. Is that because of her nationality? That she's Canadian? Yeah. Oh, you know what? The Tim Hortons pooper was Canadian. <laughs> you know what? Canada's going to get its whole own episode, oh, right? The whole Canadian medical system. I'm taking them down in oh, an episode. Oh, Canada. Oh, you know what? I mean, I'm a basketball guy, not a hockey guy. I'm sorry, Canada. But we're, we're on vacation the other day, right? And so we fly in. We're in Nashville. It's awesome. We've got, we're walking to this place. It's supposed to be a great place for breakfast, right? It's going to have like, you know, the fried chicken over the eggs and chili and Bloody Marys and everything we need. Was it near Vanderbilt? It was the opposite way from Vanderbilt. Okay. More towards the honky tonks. And so at this point, we're walking and I could tell like if she doesn't eat in a while, she gets a little basil bagel. She starts to like, uh, you remember the movie Teen Wolf? Yeah. 
And Michael J. Fox. Yeah, Michael J. Fox. And there's a time where he walks in and he just turns out and he goes, Give me a keg of beer. Get me some food now. And like, I had gone one block too far and we were turning back. Even, even though like we had walked one block too far, I could tell. She sat in the corner. She was like, you wait there till they have food for me. I got to tell you, I was a little scared. I was a little scared. At one point, just like sitting there, yeah. I yelled, mom, get me my meatloaf. Meatloaf. I never knew what she's doing. You know, it's funny. In the Bible, they talk about like, Jonah, they describe, there's a couple times when they're talking about people fasting. And one of the things they say is they say, he tore his sackcloth and he sat in dust. And like, like, you know, David was mourning when he fasted. Daniel was mourning when he fasted. Jonah was mourning for the city of Nineveh. Nehemiah was mourning for the city of Jerusalem. And they always say, I tore and I could just envision um, and if you hear it, the audio version, yeah. you've probably never listened to the Bible audio. But um, <laughs> no, I have definitely not listened to the audio of the Bible. They, they got this one guy. I love listening to the yeah. to the version. Uh, they have like an English dude saying it. And he tore his sackcloth and sat in the dust. Ooh. Yeah. It's like the Hulk. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. Yeah. I just feel like somebody didn't give the Hulk a snack. Give the Hulk a snack. What do you think he liked? Oh, I, mean, I don't know. Pizza, hoagies. I mean, I'm a chips and salsa guy. You think he's had a, ever had a zep? Um, I don't know where the Hulk is from, and he's he's pretty green. But he believes in science. He was a scientist, Bruce Banner, Doctor Bruce Banner. I got a buddy who. In you Virginia. know what? But I will tell you, my wife. If you haven't fed her for a while, yeah, you should be scared. Be afraid. Be very afraid. She has an appetite for destruction. <laughs> Sweet child of mine. That's how it goes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's a, you know what I've learned more than anything in this podcast? What's that? Is that the deacon has a better voice than the doc. Because at work, I am never told to sing. And you sing all the time. You got a great voice. I was in Turkey Hill on my way here tonight. And uh, there was a song playing and I was singing. And the, the cashier started laughing. And I was like, as I bought my lottery ticket, I said, if I win, I'm coming back to sing the whole song. Oh, I love it. I love it. Um, there is a disorder called intermittent explosive disorder. It is basically an impulse, aggressive behavior. And when they go to like, what are the diagnostic criteria? You have to strike out at others. You get in verbal outbursts and you have physical aggression towards objects. And there are all like these different comorbidities, of which one of them is diabetes, which may mean that people are getting hypoglycemic and getting hangry. So maybe intermittent explosive disorder, which should be ruled out if obviously you have, you know, schizophrenia or you're in the midst of a, you know, altercation that does not pertain to your normal uh, being. if you're like Jonah and you get swallowed up by a whale, and then you're stuck in that whale mm. for days until you get to Nineveh. Wow. I've never been stuck in a whale. Yeah. I've seen some whales. Well, hey, lady, there's a whale on your boat. <laughs> you remember that one? Where was that from? I actually don't. Tommy Boy. Oh, yeah. Um, rest in peace to uh, 
Oh, man. One of the funniest dudes ever. Oh, yes. He really was. He really was. And you know what? I don't get hangry. I work late nights. I don't eat till I get home. Do you think... I have a buddy who swears that tomato pie was an evil creation of, like, uh, somebody who didn't know how to make a pizza. Like, do you think you can get hangry when you get the wrong food instead of just any food? I don't know why you would. I mean, I think anyone think with like a, a high dose of like tomato pie has a high sugar content, right? So I would like to think that that hits you quickly, and then you wouldn't get as hangry as you know other things. Actually, people that go hypoglycemic are told to eat small amounts of protein throughout the day to keep their sugar up, as opposed to you know simple sugars that give you this boost of sugar up and down, up and down. I mean, being hangry and going for food is basically like. A survival mechanism. I've been working on this like uh, carb cycling slash intermittent fasting. You know, when Daniel fasted, he did like this, uh, it's a very popular fast, the Daniel fast, just uh, water, fruits, and vegetables. The Daniel fast is like a religious thing that's actually become like a real thing? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, the people do it and they find that they, if they just do water, fruits, and vegetables, they lose weight. You know, it's all natural stuff, so I guess it, it seems to reason that work. <laughs> that, that sure absolutely uh, uh, makes sense. It, I worry that Daniel isn't here to make money off this fast, like the Medi fast and all these other fasts that exist. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he was uh, close. He, he, was, he interpreted a lot of dreams, uh, saved people from a couple of fires, and killed a lion and a bear. But I just pictured like, Jesus one day being like, Where's my bread? My body. Somebody at least get me some fish. <laughs> and a glass of wine. You know what? Doc and the Deacon is coming out every few weeks now. And I hope we just make you wait long enough that you're hangry for more. Oh, yeah. Just long enough where you can taste the last bite of our last episode. But you can't wait to get the taste of the next one. Ooh, hangry for life. And just so you know, two things you can count on. Mm. The doc is in and the deacon speaks. Holla! We just want to say a quick thank you to a few people who make this possible. Thank you to our producer, Tucker Butler. Thank you to the lyrics by the one, the only franchise. Thank you to our beautiful wives. Thank you to our wonderful listeners. Check us out on Twitter. I, I especially want to thank my first wife, my current wife. <laughs> Where can they check us out on Twitter? Oh, at Doc Deacon. At Doc Deacon. Email us if you have any thoughts, suggestions, or questions you want answered about Hangry or any of our other episodes. Doc and the Deacon at gmail.com. Hit us up on Instagram, uh, Doc and the Deacon. Thanks for listening. And uh, until you're hangry for a little bit more. Catch you on the flip side. Excellent brain trust to market and brand this. That's set in stone like the Ten Commandments. This show won't be around for infinite years. I think we can all agree on ice cold beers. 100% authentic, you can't fake it. Often imitated, but never duplicated. So knowledgeable, take a lot of facts in. Now I'm coming to close it like a Roldis Chapman.